Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. From KQED. And for the rest of this hour, we are going to talk about this recall campaign against Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, Now that the election is over, you might think people are giving politics a bit of a rest, but that is not the case. The Republican Party in California is supporting an effort to collect enough signatures to place a recall of the governor on the ballot, and they're almost halfway there. So what's driving this campaign? How worried should Governor Newsom be? Well, let's begin with Jessica Milan-Patterson. She is chair of the California Republican Party. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Well, let's, uh, if, let me just begin by asking you, what is the status? I mentioned that you're halfway to collecting the, I think you need 1.5 valid signatures by March, what is it, the 17th, I think? Yeah. And um, to be clear, this is a separate organization that started this effort Um, And the California Republican Party did endorse the effort back in July. And we were very, very focused on our November elections, which we had some great successes with our congressional seats, picking up an assembly seat. Also, um, you know, being on the right side of seven of the 11 propositions that we endorsed. And now that those elections are done, we are moving our focus to ways that we can help in the recall effort. What's the justification? What do you tell people when, you know, I, I realize you just want them to sign the petition so you don't have a long conversation with them, but what's the, what's the case? What, what, what's the case that you will, will make to voters if this does in fact qualify? I think that Californians are really at a turning point. I think that we've seen over the last several months, certainly, um, but since the beginning of this pandemic, um, I think that, you know, all of us wanted the governor to be successful, because if the governor was successful, then Californians would be successful. And not only has he not been successful in managing the crisis, but the hypocrisy that has come from him and other California Democrats, um, many Californians that just want to have the ability to provide for their families or send their children to school in person, um, have seen this hypocrisy that has come from him and they're fed up. They're just done with it, and they're ready to see California be the golden state that it once was. Isn't that what elections are for? I mean, we, you know, he's going to be up uh, for re-election in 2022. Just, uh, you know, we're almost uh, almost at 2021 right now. So why do it now? I mean, isn't that the issue, the kind of issue that should be debated in the course of a regular campaign? Californians can't wait. Um, we can't wait around for this governor to do what he's supposed to do. And that's exactly why we have provisions to have a recall. What would you say to critics who might say, well, you know, where was the Republican Party in California with President Trump? I mean, he's there's been plenty of hypocrisy, I think, around use of masks, for example, and social distancing. Uh, there's been relative silence. I haven't heard any criticism from the party over that. Uh, and, you know, some feel that the president is currently absent from the pandemic as it's raging on, surging. What, where's the, are you critical of him as well? I mean, I'll give you the opportunity now. I think that here in California, I as the chairwoman of the California Republican Party have always focused on the things that I can affect change on. And here in California, we are able to do that through our elections, which we just did. And we saw that Californians were sick of the leadership here. Um, they were on the opposite side of many issues, whether it was proposition, 15, which would have been the largest tax increase 
in the middle of a pandemic, which would have raised the cost of everything, whether it was Proposition 16, which would have brought back affirmative action, or Proposition 22 that we passed, um, which was a direct rejection of AB5. And so we've been focused here in California. Um, the presidential race, we knew was going to be decided in 11 states not na named California. And so the places where we could affect change were places like the congressional seats and taking back four congressional seats um, from incumbents uh, in three of them, which hadn't been done since 1994. We think that we are hearing what Californians are saying and we are uh, reacting to it. How much money does the does the recall effort need in order to succeed? Because uh, as you as I'm sure you know, and we'll be talking with our guests about this uh, in just a few minutes. But uh, in 2003, the recall of Governor Gray Davis was floundering, and then Daryl Issa came in with two million dollars and got it over the finish line. What are you looking for? What do you need this time? He did, um, and that was a, an amazing team effort in 2003. Um, what I've talked to the recall uh, organizers and what they're looking to do is raise an additional $3 million. Um, of course, you know, during the pandemic, certainly when this governor has put together more stay at home orders, it makes it um, much more difficult to collect signatures in the way that would be traditionally done. And so um, there will be a, a big need for a direct mail campaign. To, to get this over the finish line. They're looking to raise about another $3 million. $3 million. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And I want to thank Jessica Milan-Patterson, chair of the California Republican Party. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Scott. And in just a moment, we're going to bring in a couple of other guests. And uh, tell us what you think of this latest recall effort against California Governor Gavin Newsom. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. I'm Scott Schaefer here for Michael Krasny. Stay with us. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. And we continue our conversation now on the recall effort against Governor Gavin Newsom. And joining us, a couple people keeping a very close eye on this, Democratic campaign consultant Gary South and Carla Marinucci. She's senior writer with Politico's California Playbook. Welcome to both of you. And I don't hear either one of you. I'm hoping you, one of you or both of you are there. But let me just begin with there. There's Carla. I recognize that laugh. Hi, Scott. Good to be with you. Uh, Carla, tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you heard all of what Jessica Patterson had to say. But uh, you know, what what are you? What's your reaction? They say they need to raise another three million dollars. I mean, how how serious is this? And how worried should Gavin Newsom be? 
I mean, let's be real. This is still a long shot effort, Scott. I mean, uh, Republicans in California uh, have a major albatross around their neck as they attempt uh, a recall on Gavin Newsom. That's Donald Trump. Um, he's he's historically unpopular here. They do need a lot of money to get this over the line. She said, uh, Jessica said three million. There are some estimates that suggest as much as 10 million might be needed. But the bottom line is, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom is in the eye of a perfect storm of political <laughs> trouble right now. She kind of outlined some of those uh, talking points that Republicans are using. The pandemic hitting California with the gale force, the you know, business is unhappy. Uh, the resistance to shutdowns that he is mandating is growing. And, you know, parents with school age kids are at their wits end. And then you've got tech stars like Elon Musk and Larry Ellison making for the door. And I uh, mean, you know, Newsom and elected leaders have basically handled handed Republicans and uh, some of the disgruntled voters out there ammunition by dining at the mm. French Laundry, taking trips to Hawaii, etc. So the issue is, you know, California has some quirky regulations and politics that makes this state a Petri dish where a long shot movement like this can incubate and grow. And yes, Newsom has to be worried about this uh, going into 2021 as he's just two years away from re-election. And just tell us what the process is. Let's say they're co- they are collecting signatures. They need to collect at least probably 2 million to get 1.5 million that are valid. And then what happens once that is, you know, once that's verified? Yeah, I mean, here's the, the situation. They're going to need in California uh, probably professional signature gatherers to get this done. There are no initiatives out there that can help them raise this uh, these kind of uh, figures. Uh, some people suggest they need about 3 million signatures to come up with 1.5 valid by next March. Uh, so right now, the, a, a judge has given them until next March to do that. In California, they have an advantage. I mean, the bar is low compared to other states. Here, they need to collect uh, 12% of the voter turnout in 2018. That's 1.5 million. And California is giving them 160 days to gather those signatures in other states the signature percentage requirement is more than double and the time to gather that is less than half. So once they get those signatures, they're going to have to be validated. If they have volunteer uh, signature gathers as they do now, that is a huge, um, I think, uh, a challenge. Many of those signatures they'll gather will be invalid or double uh, or duplicates. And uh, that's gonna be an issue they're gonna have to deal with. I think right now, though, um, you know, the GOP here has an advantage in some of the laws here in California relating to those these recalls. For instance, the Wisconsin law requires that the elected official who's facing off in a new election um, is on the ballot in California. Newsom is not going to face an, an opponent. In other words, the vote that would be before voters is simply yes or no, whether he should stay in office with a replacement Um further down the line. And the question is, I mean, remember the last recall was done when there was no Facebook. Facebook didn't exist. Twitter didn't exist. Uh, Neither did GoFundMe. The Republican um, proponents of this recall have that advantage. They can raise money through social media. They get a ton of free publicity through social media and conservative media like Fox News Mm-hmm. Newsmax, et cetera, are all over this. They have a target on, on Newsom's back. So yeah, yeah that's he's a, juicy, a juicy target right now. A juicy target. That's some <laughs> of the challenges he faces. And let me bring Gary South into this. Gary, you were working with Governor Gray Davis back in 2003. This must be like deja vu all over again. And I distinctly remember back then people saying, oh, this 
you know, this, this will never happen because it's never happened before. And then lo and behold, Arnold Schwarzenegger appeared, said he was interested in running and the rest is history. When you look back at that and you look at today, what are the similarities and differences? Well, there are some similarities and there are some pretty major differences. Um, one is that even though California, even in 2003, was a pretty deeply blue state, we, all, we won all eight statewide constitutional offices in 2002 for the first time since, I think, 1882. But if you look at the part, partisan registration figures in 2003, there was 43.7% of the registered voters were Democrats, 35.3% were Republicans. That was only an 8.4% Democratic advantage. If you look today... It's Democrats 46.1% and Republicans only 24.2%. That's a 21.9% Democratic registration advantage. And that in and of itself is a hugely important factor because remember, the recall in 2003, it was 55-45. That was the yes or no vote on recalling Gray Davis. So, you know, if 5%, if 5.1, of the vote had been turned around, Davis would have beaten that recall, even though he was in a very, very weakened um, condition. Yeah. So it's, the state is just more democratic today than it was. You know, and I have, to, I have to step back and answer the question that Jessica Mion Patterson did not answer for you, which is we have an election, a regularly scheduled election coming up in, in 2022. Why, why not wait until then? And the fact is because Republicans can't win general elections in California. The last time they elected somebody to statewide office in California was 14 years ago in 2006. They've yeah. lost all eight statewide constitutional offices in 2010, 2014, 2018. And so what they're left with is essentially trying to figure out backdoor ways to take people out of office because they can't beat Democrats in, in, in straight-off face-offs between Democrats and Republicans in general elections. And of course, in 2003, uh, the governor had just won re-election narrowly over Republican Bill Simon. That was a surprise to many people. Uh, but, you know, Gray Davis was not as popular then as Gavin Newsom is now, according to the recent PPIC poll, for example. He was also dealing with rolling blackouts, the energy crisis, which, you know, we later learned was Enron manipulating the market. And there was the dot-com bust. I mean, so there was a lot of bad news. There was a lot of anger that got focused on on Governor Davis, and he paid for it. Do you think th this governor, Governor Gavin Newsom, you know, could could face that a similar kind of anger, even among people maybe who voted for him? Maybe, you know, you talk about the registration differences, and there's no question about that. But could he, uh, you know, could there be enough sentiment against him and anger from, you know, parents of school kids and, you know, everyone else who's unhappy uh, with the situation right now? In order to win the recall, you have to get 51 plus 50.1% of the voters who say, yes, drag this person out of office. I think that's a very high hurdle for Republicans in California in 2021. And you, you, you referenced a very important point in that Davis had just won re-election in 2002 by only a five-point margin over what can only be described as a very weak GOP opponent. Um, and after, by the way, spending more money on the gubernatorial election than Ross Perot did in his 1992 presidential run. Um, Newsom, on the other hand, was elected in 2018 by a landslide of 62 to 38, the highest percentage any governor candidate has received in California in recent times. Um, so the, you know, the Davis approval rating was underwater, even in our own polling, it was underwater on election day in 2002. 
at only 39%. But by the time the recall happened a year later, it had sunk to the mid-20s. It's very difficult when you're an incumbent governor and your, your polling numbers are in the 30s, let alone when they, when they sink down to the mid-20s. But Newsom, despite all the carping, despite all the criticism, um, and you know, despite the coronavirus-caused shutdowns and the economic downturn, has retained surprisingly high approval ratings. I mean, the most recent polls show that you know, 56 to 58 percent of Californians like his performance, and even a higher percentage actually give him high marks on handling the pandemic. Uh, a recent UC Berkeley survey, which you probably saw, you know, pegged his approval rating at a stratospheric 64 percent. Um, Davis never had those kinds of ratings, yeah. e- e- either in the 2002 reelect or in the in the 2003 recall. So Newsom is in a, in a much stronger position. But I've argued, and you saw the piece that I did last in week, Cal Matters, yeah. that mm-hmm. that that despite the fact he's in a stronger position by far, in a whole different number of of, of, of categories, um, it has to be I, taken have to take seriously. It seriously. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I me... think it can. I think it can qualify. Okay, Gary South, a Democratic campaign consultant here, talking about the recall effort against Gavin Newsom, along with Carla Marinucci from Politico's California Playbook. I'm going to go to the phones now, and again, the number is 866-733-6786. And let's start with Irina in Napa. Welcome. Irina, Irina welcome. I'm Irina. <laughs> I'm Irina from Napa. Hi, Irina. I wanna... Yes, Hi. I'm very excited because I want to support uh, Governor Newsom. I think he is the bee's knees. <laughs> I'm a, definitely. I'm a Hispanic. I was born in Mexico, and I've been in the United States like 50 years. I'm 66 years old. So uh, I feel that he has done great during the pandemic. And I think he's doing his very best. Uh, the pandemic, the way he has handled it by talking to us every every week, every two days, uh, putting graphics on the computer, having people speak about uh, different things. I think he's, I mean, I love the way he addresses us, his voice, his presence, and, and his sensibility. Mm-hmm. He has made mistakes, like yeah. going to the laundry. The, <laughs> French the laundry, French yes. Laundry. Up in Napa, right. you're, you're part of the state. Yeah. Well, let me let me uh, bring That's Carla Marinucci in here. Uh, Irina is, uh, you know, probably expresses a point of view a lot of voters have. Uh, this is a tough situation for him. He has he sort of brought on the French laundry thing on on his own. That was uh, an unforced error, as they say. But uh, you know, what uh, what 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 kind of what, what's the best strategy that the Newsom campaign, the Newsom, you know, if they have to beat this back, what's the best message for them? And what would be the best message for the GOP? You know, I think, um, and, and Gary kind of raised this, his popularity, his poll numbers are strong. Irena's uh, comments reflect that. His The problem is um, you've got social media on the other side that that is a force that uh, Gray Davis never faced, and the kind of conservative media that's out there. When you have Newt Gingrich now uh, behind this, and Mike Huckabee, and a lot of uh, folks that are idols to the GOP uh, conservative crowd, and they're out there raising money, which they are uh, at this point, and they're out there on Fox and OAN and Newsmax every night putting uh, Gavin Newsom up there. That's the issue. I think, uh, you know, we go back to Donald Trump's 
um, historically low approval ratings here and the Republican Party's uh, big problem with him. I believe that if the Democrats kind of made this about Donald Trump, and as Gary Gary pointed out that argument, I think very well, which is that this is an effort um, by the Republicans to sort of uh, jump over a regular election schedule, uh, that, that that might be a, a strategy that could work for Gavin Newsom. Uh, but the fact is, I mean, he's gonna be slammed by, by the pandemic months ahead of time, his one other big challenge is fundraising in this because yeah. the Republicans are raising money. They've gotten Ann Dunsmore, who's a veteran GOP fundraiser, uh, to get to work uh, coming up with the bucks on this and seeking out big GOP donors. Uh, meanwhile, Gavin Newsom is facing re-election uh, in 2022 and can't be out there doing those regular fundraisers in Hollywood and picking up a million dollars in a night because the optics in a pandemic uh, mm -hmm. just aren't going to allow that. So yeah, he's got a lot uh, of challenges. Yeah, he's got challenges on that. Yeah. Irina, thank you so much. We've got a lot of listener comments. Let me read one from Aparna, who writes, what happens if the state votes to recall? Does the lieutenant governor become the governor, or do we have a campaign or special election? What are the timeline? Uh, what What is the timeline Californians are looking at? Uh, Gary South, uh, one of the issues that Gray Davis faced in 2003 um, is that uh, not only was there a recall, but you had his lieutenant governor, Cruz Bustamante, a Democrat, saying, well, I'll be governor if you don't like Gray Davis. <laughs> what impact did that have? Um, and, and, and to Aparna's point, what, you know, what does the timeline look like and what happens if this does get on the ballot in terms of uh, who would replace Gavin Newsom? Well, you're absolutely right, Scott. Um, in 2003, Davis not only had the problem of Arnold Schwarzenegger being the public face of the recall, but his own lieutenant governor, Cruz Bustamante, who had pledged publicly in no uncertain terms he would not run in the recall, um, reneged on his pledge and engaged in a bit of treachery and decided he was going to try to take advantage of the recall himself. We, we found in our polling, by the way, that there was a significant number of Democrats, a, an alarmingly significant number of Democrats, who basically didn't like Davis. They had voted for him kind of with their nose, you know, holding their nose in 2002, who thought they could get rid of Davis, they could, they could replace him with a Democratic governor and with the first Latino elected governor as well in Cruz Bustamante. And that was a huge problem uh, that, that I think impacted our numbers and, and impacted our ability to actually get more than half the vote, to, uh, half the voters to say no on the, on the recall. Under, under California's um, recall provision, the lieutenant governor does not become governor if a governor, a sitting governor, is recalled. There, is, there are two different lines on a recall ballot. One is yes or no, should we recall the target of the recall? In this case, it would be the governor. And then candidates file in what we call the replacement line, where uh, anybody who can dredge up, you know, two nickels to rub together and, and get 60 signatures can file to run for governor of California. And remember, and, and th yeah, there were like 135 people on the ballot, right? There were 135 time? people who filed. There were 135 <laughs> candidates on the ballot, including a porn star who, who said she would sleep with whoever voted for, a sumo wrestler, <laughs> A comedian who breaks pumpkins over his head. I mean, you, you get you get the picture. I mean, didn't was, they raise the bar for that after that? Didn't they make it a little harder to file if you want to run, or is it the same standard now? But it's still exceedingly easy. It's still, yeah. still exceedingly easy in a state this big. Yeah. And so what happens in the re, in the in the replacement line is unlike in a primary, for example, where um, you know you have the top two come out and then and then of, of the primary and run in a in a in a two way face off in the fall, and unlike even in a 
special election where if somebody gets 50 percent plus one, they are elected. They don't have to go into to a to a runoff with the yeah. next highest finisher. A, a plurality winner, a plurality yeah. winner becomes the governor of California. Yeah. Carla, we're, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger got 40, 49 percent of the vote in, yeah. in the replacement line in 2003. There was no re, there was no runoff. Um, he was sworn in five weeks later as governor yeah. of California. So it, you know, the, the the provisions in California for recalls, particularly of governors, as Carla pointed out, are ridiculously lax. Yeah, They're we're short on. T- we're getting lax. short. We're almost at the end of the hour. But Carla Marinucci, uh, in terms of Republicans, there's a lot of talk about Kevin Faulkner, uh, kind of a moderate Republican, former mayor of San Diego. How serious, uh, you know, a challenger could he be if this thing qualifies and he's the alternative? Well, I, you know, I think th- this is the issue when it only takes 65 signatures and $4,000 to get on the ballot. Um, it could be somebody like a Kanye West who ends up with the most <laughs> the most votes. Remember, as Gary said, it's not a majority. It's just the plurality of the vote. I've already seen an Eva Longoria for, for governor uh, Twitter feed out there. This is in the age of social media. That those low, that low bar. I think my cat could get sixty five signatures. <laughs> and Might have a hard time with 4, the, with the four thousand bucks though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think this is the issue. Uh, any movie star, any uh, any aspiring rap star could end up, you know, having the name recognition more than a Kevin Falconer, yeah. who is who is a well known mayor but not known to a lot of voters. Yeah, um, and of that's course, the issue. that is the issue. And of course, uh, as Diane Feinstein learned in 19, I think, 83, when she faced a recall as mayor, if you beat it back, then you're in really strong shape going into 2022. But I'm sure they'd rather not have to do that. Carlo Marinucci, senior writer with Politico's California Playbook and Gary South, campaign consultant. Thank you both so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you much. And thanks earlier to Jessica Milan-Patterson. I'm Scott Schaefer here today for Michael Krasny. Tomorrow, the business climate in California. That starts at nine o'clock tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.